You're listening to the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Tiger's Den Podcast. We're so happy to have y'all listening to these episodes week in and week out. We love doing them for y'all. We're going to go ahead and get started with what will be episode 17. And this is actually only going to be a two-man episode. As you can tell already by my voice, it's been kind of a long weekend. But uh, for our buddy Taylor, he had a little bit of a little bit of a rough day yesterday at a show choir showdown. If y'all didn't know, uh, AHS Mass Media had a broadcast for show choir's biggest, you know, uh, Reese, you're, you're in show choir. You can probably explain it better than I can, but basically it's a big event that we have broadcast for. So it'll basically just be me and my buddy Reese Kinder today. On the docket, though, we got just some weekend rundown as usual. We also are going to do two top tens for, you know, an upcoming sport that people are excited for and then a sport that's nearing the postseason that everybody's always excited for every year. And then also we're going to bring on a guy who's currently working with SEC Network um, as a sophomore in college on to be our prize picks, guest picker today, all that and more on the Tigers Den podcast. But Reese, go ahead and get it started as you do every single week with the Weekend Rundown. Go ahead and take it away. This is the Weekend Rundown. How's it going, everybody? Uh, you know, I'm going to get this episode started differently. We're not going to go with scores. We're not going to go with games coming <laughs> up. We're yeah. going to go with Cam Newton, the best boxer <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Turned into Khan Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yeah, he's on blast now after getting into a brawl in his seven-on-seven tournament today. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, a guy uh, a guy that used to play for the Panthers gets in a brawl like this, you know. You don't really see it a lot, but, um, yeah, you know. So a guy just came up and confronted Cam. Cam didn't like something he said, and then Cam tried to fight him, and then they got in a big altercation, and then uh, just punches were being thrown. And Cam did end up winning. Uh, he he won v eight. I think he won v eight people. I, I don't even know. He had he had a lot of people uh, against him. But so, he, yeah, yeah, he See, was just it was bad. Yeah. So I uh, I actually just heard about this when Reese was telling me about it literally when we were prepping for the show uh, just a couple minutes ago. But uh, you know, I obviously I want to talk about more of I've seen the. I've seen the videos on Twitter now looking at it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Cam might need to do UFC. You know, he might be top 32 in UFC, but not in NFL right now. But no, seriously, Cam no, is, NFL, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to talk about is the side of Cam Newton's 34. He has a podcast and he's fighting in, uh, you know, little, you know, seven on seven street fights, basically. You know, like, what like, are you doing? Like, yeah, so what are you doing? Yeah, if anything, does this officially put the period, you know, end the sentence of Cam Newton's football career? Is he done? 
Yes, I mean, like, what do you? He just ruined his chance to ever go back. He wants to go to the NFL, like you. Because as an Auburn man myself, I obviously want the best for him. You know, like Cam Newton. Literally, Cam Newton going to the Panthers literally made everybody and their mother at least somewhat of a Panthers fan in in the Auburn area. I least. have a feeling he's the one that started it, honestly, because he usually does. He usually well, starts it. I haven't seen I haven't seen the full clip to be quite honest with you. I've just seen the screenshot of him having a guy in a headlock while still beating up this other guy. Here I got it. Uh, I could play it, but uh, yeah, if you want to play have, the audio for the fans, it's gonna have like a sound on it though. Like it's gonna have like a. There's one video that has the mu- it has music with it, so it's okay. Not, I don't know. You won't. Well, then it. we'll we'll actually we'll hold off on that. But y'all can go look it up on Twitter or anything. But yeah, no, I think. I think Cam Newton, uh, you know, his has career is ended his football career. Yeah, to like seven on seven, or maybe yeah, try, maybe try to go to the UFL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, you know, Cam Newton in his prime. Yes, he was one of the most entertaining, electrifying QBs of all time. I will say um, that's hands down. But you know, you're 34. You have a podcast. <laughs> you're beating up people in the street, like. This has all the signs of my career's over, you know. Yeah. That's all I got to say. But uh, I'm also going to just stick to some news topics. Um, This morning, I don't know if anybody got a chance to see, at 10 a.m. this morning, Cody Bellinger is returning to the Chicago Cubs on a three-year, $80 million deal after a bounce-back season. Um, You know, Cody Bellinger, if you didn't see the numbers, in 2023 he had 499 at bats, had a 307 average, 26 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and an 881 OPS. So Cody Bellinger, you know, Cubs getting him back really will help their playoff chances. You know, last year we saw them choke at the end of the year um, to make a playoff push after they got swept by the Braves in Atlanta. So um, that's good for the Cubs to get a guy like that back, especially with, um, you know, some of their guys, uh, or well, they actually got some good additions in the off season too. So, you know, yeah, no, great for great for the Cubs. I mean, you know, this is a team that uh, coming into this year, you know, they're they've been kind of ever since they won that World Series a couple years ago. They kind of just been in the realm of mid. You know, they haven't really been able to you know push past that you know mid level area. Um, but now, I mean, you know. Signing a guy back to your team like Cody Bellinger, I mean that helps your playoff chances, like you said, a long shot, like a a big in a big way. Yeah, and then the next storyline is the Mets hit another speed bump with their pitching. The Mets ace pitcher Cody Senega receives a shoulder injection and he is shut down for the next three weeks. Yeah. You know, the Mets. I'm a Braves fan. I've seen their poverty franchise too many times. But, you know, the Mets just continue to deal with issues. Uh, you know, you kind of got to feel sorry for them, you know. If you're a Braves fan, you got to feel sorry for them because they just, you know, they can't win. They're just a losing team. But, you know, um, the Mets, that's that's not good for them, especially with um, after Pete Alonso even said he doesn't even want to be on their team anymore uh, starting this year. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, he's he said he wants to be a free agent after this year, and he doesn't want to do it because – like he doesn't want to be on the team anymore because they're just giving up and waiting till uh, for another three years to contend in the postseason. I mean, so, that's not what, yeah, that's not what you want to hear from one of your 
top players. Yeah, and then the last headline before I get into the weekend scores is will court storming be banned or not? Oh, okay. So we're we're getting into some of the big topics. Uh, all right. And um, you know, this is an article from Jeff Eisenberg. Um, he's a senior writer for Yahoo Sports. He says he doesn't expect college hoops to ban court storming, but after what I saw um, on Saturday when Duke's Kyle Filipowski got injured, I think we might need to reconsider some things. I think we might need to, you know, just... We might need to let the other team get off the court, and then you can storm the court. It might be weird at first, but I think that's what we need to do, because if not, we've already seen it twice, maybe more than that this year. Caitlin Clark got ran over, and then Kyle Filipowski like, got his ankle stepped on. And then there's been so many problems with court storming this year. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, I didn't know that we were getting in to this topic this soon, but I'll go ahead and state my piece. So first off, in my opinion, there is, yes, there's 100% no reason no justifiable reason that you can tell me for a player getting injured after the game is over. Like, there's just no justifiable by, by a fan, you know, not something like at practice, not, oh, he tripped over like a chair or something like that. No, a fan, a fan ran into him and he got injured. Uh, that's never justifiable. I don't, I don't care, you know, what you say. However, yeah. and you, yeah, go ahead. And it could be like, like you know, these players are saying that it could be intentional because what I'm reading here, it says, um, this is the third or fourth paragraph in this article. It says, nothing changed when a New Mexico State player exchanged punch, punches with an uh, with on-rushing fans or when Ohio State's Jared uh, Sullinger accused a Wisconsin fan of spitting on him last year or the unruly Kansas State fans taunted a and body checked Kansas players, and then the Des Moines Register communist or uh, columnist fractured his tibula and fibula after getting knocked to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here here's what I'll say though. Did you see the overhead shot? Uh, Kyle Filipowski. They released an overhead shot, and it showed that. And this was similar to the Caitlin Clark situation, and. Here's the thing. Filipowski has every right to do this. This fan is running at him, but Filipowski reaches his arms out to shove the guy, you know, uh, which, I mean, in that case, like I said, he has every right to do that. But in that case, you can't – you shouldn't be the one that's engaging like he was. And also, here's the other thing that's really upsetting to me as well is that he knew uh, – that they're about to storm the court, you know. Uh, all the all the Duke players. If you saw Jared McCain, you know Malik Mitchell, all the all the Duke players around them, they were as soon as they were getting ready to inbound the ball, they could tell that Wake Forest was getting ready to storm the court because it's a four point game, two two point four seconds to go. Like the game was over, yeah. uh, they were already getting ready to go ahead and head to the locker room <laughs> because they didn't want to get trampled, you know. Meanwhile, Filipowski, center of the court, slowly walking over, you know, to the locker room. 
I well, I think it would have been worse if he would have if he would have ran. It would have been he would have probably like. Ugh, I understand that. that, but he could have went ahead and started making his way towards that side of the court. And you see what I'm saying? Like he yeah. could have done stuff that did prevent this. Now, should this be a situation where ever in? Absolutely not. Yeah, so, no, I don't think I don't think they should ban court storming. I mean, no, no, it's I mean, what brings the game to life. Like just like I was about to say, yes, it's one of the things that makes college sports. It's one of the reasons that we love it so much because of the tradition, because of the hometown feel. Like if you're one of those college kids and you're at Wake Forest and you get a generational win for your university like this one, you want this is like what you do. Like it's tradition. Like it's something yeah. that you do, and um. You know, every time, except for this one, you know, it's always a thing of excitement. But, you know, this one is not the case. Um, what, in my opinion, what they should do is, first off, security needs to do their job. Okay, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think they should be allowed on the, field, on the court or the field in football as well until all of the athletes and athletic staff and all of them are in the locker rooms. Then yeah, that's what that's you what know? I'm saying. They need to like they need to kind of just like let them let them get well, off, and then at, you can storm it. Yeah, at least the away team, you know, let the away team get to their locker rooms and stuff. Because obviously they're not wanting to party in the you know you know like they just lost. So because the, the the big part of it is also these students they have friends on the team, you know, like yeah. they know these guys. They're they're guys that they might have known. In high school, you know, especially at smaller schools, not saying Wake Forest is a small school by any means, but you get what I'm saying. These are guys that they could have known for a while and they're seeing them experience this incredible moment. Yeah, they want to party and I get it. Uh, so, but just let your opponent, it's just a matter of respect. You know, you yeah. do something like this is Wake Forest. It makes you think if you're uh, like, if I'm um, words, sorry, if I'm, uh, the Duke head coach, if I'm John Shire, and if I'm the Duke organization, this tells me, okay, I see how it is. You know, it almost makes it seem like it was like a rivalry game, which Duke Wake Forest, yeah, they're both as ACC, but and they're both in okay. North Carolina as well. Yeah, exactly. It, it it makes it seem like okay, we have a problem. Like you're storming on, hitting my player. Like it's, it's just a matter of respect. You know, it's it's that's all it is. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I do think this will all blow over. Like, I don't think it's going to be – because I look at ESPN, like, there's not a lot of opinions. There's, yes, there time you would see the clip and they would talk about it. But I think this will blow over, ultimately. I think uh, they should make it to where you have to wait until, you know, the, the opposing team's off the court. But I don't think they'll be bad. I don't. I just don't think. I just don't see that. Yeah. Well, getting away from that, Caitlin Clark. Yep. Gets a 16th triple double uh, and mirrors. Yeah. More records. I I don't want to speak about her as much because I'll I'll be discussing her a little bit later. But yeah, okay. Caitlin Clark, absolute athlete. I mean, generational time. I. You know what I want to bring up real quick. Hold up. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Um, you let him cook. Yeah, let let me cook. Let me cook, cause I, and I was kind of talking to you about this earlier. Jay William, 
Jay Williams has been on a absolute L streak. Uh, you know, in my opinion, recently, um, because yes, first off, uh, there was the Alabama Auburn game when he was talking about Jalen Milrow. So if y'all don't know, during the Alabama Auburn game basketball game and. You remember this, right, Reese? The lights went out. Yeah. Uh, basketball game. They had to, you know, milk some clock. They had to kind of stall, if you will. ESPN did. And so what they did was they noticed Jalen Milrow in the crowd and were like, hey, okay, uh, this is a perfect opportunity that we could, uh, you know, have to interview uh, this, you know, star quarterback for one of the schools that's competing tonight. And the thing he opened it with was, you know, Jalen Milrow, as a black QB at the University of Alabama, how are you breaking boundaries, you know, to, uh, you know, just whatever, something like that. That's the first thing you opened up with. And even Jalen Milrow was stunlocked. He was like, I mean, let's see, let's see the last couple of Bama quarterbacks, all right? Bryce Young, you know, African-American. Um, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, he ain't white. I'll say that he ain't right. Uh, <laughs> Matt 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 Jones. I mean, you know, I've heard a couple people say, you know, he can get he can go both ways. Oh, okay. um, but okay. other than that, Jalen Hurts. You know, if you want to go back, Phil Sims. I mean, I just don't know what he's talking about. Like, it just seems like he doesn't know what he's talking about. But not only that, let me go ahead and play this clip for y'all. Um, yeah, so let me just play this clip. Let's take a look at Maine history, presented by State Farm and Tampa Clark. Did indeed make history. Program I fewer than one hundred. Hold on, college basketball typically don't get. Let me skip to this season that she has put fans in arenas for her. There's also come home. Right. I think she has. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this stupidity. Okay. She has been able to do. This, she is just just. Listen to listen to this. I think she is a Stephen Curry of women's college basketball. Stop. The dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she nope, just let let him cook. That's that wasn't even it. It's like she's probably where the game of basketball has ever seen unmatched. I am I am unwilling, and maybe it's more the the Kobe mentorship around me to say that she is great yet. I think she is the most prolific score. That- she's not great yet. She has broken the single-season points record in women's college basketball history. She's on the verge. She's going to break Pete Maravich's record. Like, I'm sorry. She's going to. Okay? Yeah. You know, she's going to be the highest-scoring player in college basketball history, men's or women's. All right? She has literally brought three times the amount of eyes – uh, to the sport of women's college basketball than any other player has ever had. Uh, am I wrong? Correct me if I'm wrong, Reese. Okay, I'm but, not wrong. But 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 she's not great yet. So has ever seen? Keep listening. I hold great or the levels of immortality or the pantheon. I'm just that's just me. When you win championships, when you're great. So Dan Marino. Um. I guess he was just like, you know, he was okay. You know, completely completely changed the way uh, we talk about air raid offenses, you know, of all time. But he's, yeah. he's just okay. Um, Allen Iverson, you know, uh, completely 
you know, reinvented the point guard position, at least for the early 2000s, where you could be flashy and score and not only just be a facilitator and passer. But, you know, he was just okay, you know. Uh, Charles Barkley, a guy who's in attendance because this was at the Auburn versus Kentucky college game day. You know, he's he's all right. Uh, you know, completely uh, just, you know, inspired uh, the next generation of power forwards into being, you know, more big men rather than trying to go outside and be a stretch four. You still don't – you don't have to be a stretch four. Charles Barkley proved that. But he's just all right. You know, like, what are we talking about here, man? Like, I don't yeah. – I just don't – I don't understand. Like, if you're – obviously, this is a podcast, so you can't see visually. But if you watch that show, literally the graphic under him is Caitlin Clark, 3,569 <laughs> career points, women's D1 record, scored or assisted on 79 points versus Michigan. One game. She scored or assisted on 79 points. That's the most by any D1 player uh, over the last 25 years. She yeah. She's just okay. Let me let me just check and see if there's anything, any more stupidity in this clip. But my goodness. Like, when you win three consecutive championships, two-time national player of the year, it has to, it has to culminate. Now, don't confuse this as me saying, oh, uh, Diana Taurasi is not good. Uh, simply just because she won championships, she didn't break any points record. No, I'm not saying it should go either way. You break records, you're great. You win championships, you're great. You do either or, you're great. You know, I don't know why we have to get this thing like, oh, until you win a ring, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you can't be saying the top tier. You know, yeah, that's why Steve, like, Stephen A. Smith said Damian Lillard isn't good. And he, exactly. Know. Like, I guess Chris Paul, Chris Paul's just, he's all right. He, he's, he's mid, you know. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, one of the guys that literally, uh, you know, he's just been great everywhere he's gone. All-star basically every year he's played. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's just all right, you know. Nicknamed CP3, but, eh, it's just all right. I mean, that's I mean, Brianna Stewart, if we're talking about dope legends of the game, she's won four chips. Just multiple national players of the year. So now, if you want to compare Caitlin Clark's career to, say, Diana Taurasi, or, uh, or you know, Brianna Stewart, or even uh, Plum, you know, Kelsey Plum, the lady that she uh, surpassed, you know, Plum did championships when she was in college. So you want to have that conversation? We can. And honestly, I would swing towards Brianna Stewart being having a better college career than Caitlin Clark because she won four championships. Every year she played, she won a championship. But let's not act like neither of these women are great. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't see why we have to have this extreme of, oh, you need to get this, 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 and this before you can be GOAT level. You know, like I just I just don't understand it. But that's enough. I don't want to hear any more of his voice. But, um, yeah, our first ever uh, soundbite on play callers. Probably one of the dumbest things you'll ever hear in sports media. But, sorry, went on a little uh, bit of a tangent there. On a rant. Yeah, so. But now we're going to get into a little bracketology. Ooh. Okay, for are we talking men's or women's? Because I like both. Both. Oh, all both. right. We're going to get into both. Hit me with it. We're, 
we're going to get into some scenarios as well. So, um, you know, men's bracketology did come out Friday. The next one will come out this Tuesday. Um, but your top overall seed as of Friday is Purdue, obviously. I don't know why it's not UConn. It makes no sense. Yeah. Or Houston. I mean. Yeah, one of them, one of them could be. Still haven't decided yet. And then first team out for men is Wake Forest. Dang. Wake, Wake Forest with the win against Duke probably will go from first team out to, like, last four buys. Yeah, the Wake Forest then, is good. I mean, if you haven't watched Wake Forest, I mean. Yeah. They're good. Even their fans, even their fans are good. Like, for real. <laughs> Bruh. Um, but um, Texas A&M, last team in. Did they lose to um, Tennessee? I mean, they're 15 and 12. <coughs> I don't. They're what? They're fifteen and twelve overall. How are they in there? What the heck? You stuff. Yeah. Where's Georgia though? Where's Georgia? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the. Yeah, but where's where's Georgia? Georgia's sixteen and eleven, I think. Yeah. Well, fifteen and twelve as well because they lost to you know the Tigers. Auburn. But but no, on the keep going. On the bubble, though, is like your last four by teams, your four teams that you have, Northwestern, Nebraska, Virginia, and Nevada. And then your last four in is Seton Hall, Providence, Gonzaga, Texas A&M. Your first four out, Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Utah, and Butler. And then next four out is Villanova, Drake, Cincy, and Colorado. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, these are some these are some pretty good teams on the bubble right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, this year in college basketball, uh, you know, it, we kind of talked about it last time we were on here, and we kind of, you know, mention it at least once every show. Uh, yeah. No teams can win on the road. Like, no. look at Duke. They've lost to Georgia Tech, Arkansas, and Wake Forest on the road. But the thing you know, about March, the thing about March is it doesn't yeah, matter because you're well, not. You're, yeah, here's the thing: you're not. Yeah, you're not at home. You're definitely not at home. So, in in my opinion, if you're not at home, you're basically on the road. I mean, neutral, only way only way you're at home is if you play like near. Yeah, if you close, play. Near, yeah, but still, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like this is a year where, you know, I mean, last year we even saw it. You know, San Diego State made it to the championship. <laughs> I feel yeah. like this is a year where any team one to one to like seven, I think has a chance. I just yeah. do. I just do. Hundred like, percent. Well, I mean, here's your here's your sixty eight team bracket. So you're playing games as of right now. These are the automatic qualifiers as well. The playing games as of right now. This team did win their conference last year. Merrimack and Norfolk State would be the first sixteen playing game. The second 16 playing game would be South Dakota State and Grambling State. And then your two 11s that would face off would be Seton Hall and Gonzaga. And then your two 12s that would face off would be Providence and Texas A&M. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Providence A&M game would be, would be exciting, you know? Yes, um, that, would, that would be good. A&M is just weird because, I mean, like, some nights they just can't shoot the ball. Like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, they just can't get the ball in the net. Like, when they played Auburn, Auburn did not play a good game whenever they played A&M at home. I was at that game. I know. Um, Auburn, you know, they they just allowed A&M to stay in the game. But it wasn't because A&M was making shots. It's because Auburn was missing shots and, you know, making turnovers. So, um, 
yeah, I don't I don't know. I just can't trust this A and M team night in, night out. Yeah, and I think the Seton Hall Gonzaga game would be good too. Seton Hall, they've oh, yeah. they're a good team. Yeah, and you gotta watch feel, out. It just feels so weird saying Gonzaga, you know, not in yeah, a, in, in the bubble, 11. in yeah. the bubble right now. I, I mean, because they've always been, you know, one of those top top teams recently. You know, one of those yeah. consistently top teams. But I mean, hey, if you're good in March, you know. You have a good like your season's good if you're good in March. That's what I say. So, I mean, the plan the plan here is what we're gonna do is we're gonna break down. We're gonna do a brief breakdown of each region, and we're gonna just you know say say what sneaky teams we think are in that region. Just like just when I name off some teams, just like brief rundown of what you think. Um, first region, Midwest region is the final destination is Detroit. Okay. Um, your number one seed in this region will be Purdue. Um, in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. So that's going to be a, like a home environment right there. I know yeah. you – I don't know if you got a chance. Did you see on Instagram today the the Purdue and um, Michigan game? The crowd was like – the Purdue fans were insane. Uh, I did not, but I mean – I'm not Michigan. It was at Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's a dumpster fire right now. I don't know why anybody would go see a Chowan Howard coach team right now. Um, but he tried to yeah. fight the ref. Yeah, exactly. So, but turned into Cam Newton. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Uh, no. Yeah, good for them. I mean, that's going to be one of the differences in the NCAA tournament. That's why I actually feel like you know Auburn will actually have a good chance, especially yeah. since they just showed that they can win on the road. Uh, I feel like, you know, the fans do – Auburn fans do show out away. I know. I'm one of them. Uh, and, you know, these big blue bloods, that's one of the reasons they're always good in March is because their fans show up, you know. But so, will this be like last year? Will Purdue lose to, like, Norfolk State or Merrimack if they played them, like how they did to F- FDU last year? Well, here's the thing. Um, and this is something I'll always say about Purdue uh, until I – stop seeing them lose to Northwestern, you know. Uh, I'll keep saying it. Uh, Purdue <coughs> has doesn't have many tricks of their no. sleeve. You know, they have Zach Eady. Braden Smith can sometimes get going. But outside of that, like, you could, you could replace most of their players with other players from other schools, and it'd be basically the same picture. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's uh, – if if the other team is able to deny, you know, deny, deny, deny uh, the ball uh, to your to your team, you know, to Zach Eady. Sorry, losing my train of thought. Uh, if they're able to deny the ball to Zach Eady, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's know, what I don't F- know what I don't know what Purdue is able to do if Zach Eady's get stopped. That's what FDU did last year. They picked the perfect game plan and it ended up working. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're. Uh, if you're able to stop that, you know, giant, giant, you know, Zach Eady, alien, um, then you're good, you know, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. I just feel like uh, Purdue is – there's no way they do it two years in a row. There's absolutely no way. Like – Yeah. We – there's just – yeah, there's just no way. So Purdue will get past the first round. But what happens when they go up against like a 
Seton Hall. What happens when they go up against like a Providence? You know, Speaking what happens when they go up against a decent team? Not a great team, so it's not like, oh, this is the biggest matchup. Like, we need to be on our A game. What happens when they go up against a team like Florida? You know, yeah, speaking a like, of... Yeah, a, a team like Florida that could lock you down on defense and be able to score in transition. Like, what happens then? Because yeah. uh, Purdue, I hate to break it to you, but Purdue, they're very well coached, but my goodness, uh, they are turnover prone. Like, they, they are very turnover prone, and it's expected because they're trying to toss it into Zach Eady every other play. Yeah. Like, you know, like what, I mean, but you know, I still think Purdue, I mean, you'll see where I have them in top 10. They're obviously a really good team, but I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. Yeah. But speaking of teams that could run with them, uh, the next two teams that would face off against them, whoever wins this game that would face off against them, the eight and nine in this region, are Oklahoma and New Mexico, which are both very talented basketball teams. And exactly. Like like Oklahoma, for example, team that anybody on their team can score. You know, like they're they're almost the opposite of Purdue, where they don't have a Zach Eady, you know, they don't have a Braden Smith and that can just take over a game. But they have Otega Owe. They have, yeah, you know these other guys. I can't Lance, Lance Loveland or Lance Loveland. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. You know, Lance Loveland is three minutes a game. Uh, but they're a team that you know they're they're going to be physical and they're not easy to beat. Yeah, and then like New New Mexico plays in a Mountain West conference that has very good uh, talent. Like there's like you got San Diego State, you got Utah State, you got. Um, Boise State, you yeah. know, like all those teams I just mentioned are gonna make the tournament. Like, there's yeah. no doubt. So we'll see. I mean, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I mean, I'm excited for March Madness. You know, I always am, but actually, yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped for this one. This one's gonna be the best one. I think yeah. this one's gonna be like one of the best to talk about for years. One hundred percent. And then in the Salt Lake area. This will be Dayton versus McNeese State and Baylor versus UC Irvine. I don't really see McNeese State or UC Irvine making a game out of this for any of the teams. Dayton will probably blow them out of the water. UC Irvine might keep up a little bit, but I don't think they'll beat Baylor. Baylor's really good. I'm not going to lie. I, ha <clears throat> I, I I don't really buy into the Dayton hype. I mean, I've watched them play. Daron Holmes, that's a problem. Like, I mean, they are, they are in like decent conference though i mean a10 yes they're a decent conference but st louis ain't even good this year dog like yeah, but if you look at the history though of the a10 like vcu yeah the history but yeah. I, I mean i remember the year that uh st louis beat auburn like i i know like they are no team to mess with like davidson like is always you know somewhere they're always pretty good Dayton's always year, really good like richmond richmond last year or was it last year or the year before they upset Iowa in the first round of it? As the a year before. Year before. So I know this, but that being said, um, yeah, I don't I just I've watched them play and their team that Dayron Holmes, that's a problem. That's a top twenty pick in the yeah. draft. But outside of that, 
I mean, I don't. I just, I just, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, you got, can't keep it with one player. I mean, like you said with Purdue, you can't keep it with one player. So, I mean, yeah, I see, I see Baylor, and I see Jacoby Walter. You know, I see um, Langston Love. I see Rage Dennis. I see Eve Misi, who I mean had a tough weekend this week. I mean, my goodness, you miss a wide open layup and then you miss a free throw, but either could have won the game. But still, he's a problem. He's going to be in the NBA. Like I see this team with depth, and I just automatically trust it in a tournament that is so deep and takes so much willpower and so much, you know, playing just at your best level for so many consecutive games. And that's the team I trust. Dayton, I see. Daron yeah. Holmes. Can you name another player? No. Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. And I'm not even trying to say, oh, because they're a small school. Like, you look at other teams. I mean, you know, there are other teams out there uh, that you can name so many different players. Like Florida Atlantic. Now, obviously, this year, they're, they're, still, they're still doing pretty good. But not as – I would say not as good as last year. But they're still doing pretty good. But, like, you can name so many of these guys. Elijah Martin, Vlad Golden. You know, John L. Davis, like you can name all these guys because if you watch them play, each of these guys is putting up double digits at least once every two games, you know. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and then like in the next, well, I, th- I think honestly just like one quick thing before I go to the next uh, little section. Yes. Um, You know, McNeese State is coached by Will Wade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who used to be LSU's former coach? So, and they they aren't that bad either. They they've beat some teams that have that are in March are going to be in March. Madness. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the Memphis region, as of right now, your six seed is St. Mary's. Your eleven seed is Indiana State. I can't wait for that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, if that actually happens, um, your three seed is Alabama, and your fourteen seed is High Point. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about High Point. I know uh what's his name? Uh Davia or something like that that goes to Indiana State. He kind of looks like me, but he's out there balling. Um but you got uh St. Mary's has been like on and off this year. Um they got the one kid uh what's his name? Mahaney or whatever it is. Uh, he's really good. He's a dog, but out of these four I trust Alabama. Like um that's if they're still there. Well, yeah, I, they're making the tournament, dog. I'm saying, like, well, I know they're making the tournament. I'm saying, I think they'll. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, there's a chance they could go back. Theoretically, if this is what happens, like, this is the team that, isn't that what we're doing? You know? We yeah. also kind of, we, we do kind of got to speed this up because we have uh, our guest picker. Um, you know, I told him 930 is when we were going to put him on coal. So, but, right. um, you know, yeah, I, I'd take Alabama 100%. Mark Sears. I mean, Mark Sears, I know uh, Grant Nelson, that giant in the paint, hasn't – he's been on and off. But, I mean, this is a team that can fill it up. I don't see high points scoring uh, 80 points, you know. No. I don't I don't see them scoring it, at least against Bama, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, but I see Bama scoring 90 at least against high point. So, yeah, then, then your, uh, your other Indianapolis teams – Will be Washington State, Northwestern, Marquette, and Moorhead State, and then now we're gonna go into the East region. Okay. And then I- I'm just gonna go like super quick on these. Gotcha. We don't even have to do it. Like no, anymore. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brooklyn 
are in Brooklyn, it will be UConn, Eastern Kentucky, Florida Atlantic, TCU, and then in Spokane, it's going to be Texas Tech, Sanford, San Diego State, Yale, and then in Omaha, it's going to be Kentucky, who did drop, by the way, they dropped a seed, huh. and then Grand Canyon, Iowa State, and Oakland. I don't know much about Oakland. Um, Charlotte, this will be a fun one if this actually happens. It will be South Carolina, Nevada, North Carolina, and Colgate. Mm, yeah. And then your Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, and then your Los Angeles region, um, which is going to be in Salt Lake um, to start off. Arizona versus the winner of uh, South Dakota State and Grambling State. And then Texas, Boise State. And then in Brooklyn as well. You have Wisconsin, Richmond, Auburn, and Appalachian State. <laughs> so usually, yeah, the funny. tough part is uh, Auburn lost to Appalachian State. You yeah, know, earlier this year, if we got that, if that would be a terrible draw. Uh, if that's what happens. Um, I'm telling you, dog. Like any of these, uh, you know, 13 seeds, uh, you know, 13 seeds, 12 seeds, 11 seeds, like they could all make a decent run like i'm not saying final four that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying they can make a decent run yeah and then in the pits in pittsburgh it's going to be byu um versus seton hall and the winner of gonzaga and then creighton has moved up to a three seed now yeah creighton i mean you beat you beat uconn uh, by 20 plus yeah you're moving up and then the college of charleston is 14 and then uh in omaha Again, will be Florida, Nebraska, Kansas, and Eastern Washington. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I've I've watched this Florida team play. I mean, they're gonna be <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be they're gonna be trouble. And then in the Memphis region, uh, this is the South region now. In Memphis, you'll have Houston, Sam Houston, and then Utah State and Mississippi State. And then in Spokane, you'll have Clemson versus the winner of Providence and Texas A&M. And then you'll have Illinois versus Akron. And then in Pittsburgh. You will have Colorado State, South Florida, and then Duke and Vermont, and then Indianapolis for capping off the last region. You have Michigan State, Virginia, Tennessee, and Quinnipiac. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, obviously that's not going to be the same, you know, come March. Uh, no, but, this is going to change every week. Yeah, so obviously it's not going to be the same. But I will say, uh, you know, hey – you know, buckle your seatbelts, get ready, because, I mean, this is going to be one heck of a tournament. That's what <clears> all right, saying. this is the last one. This is the women's one. Gotcha. Just a brief rundown. This one's going to be exciting. Yes. If, Let's if, just do, like, like what's your uh, – like, what what are some of our – I'm pulling it up, too. What are some of our teams to watch, you know, from each uh, big area? You know what Obviously I mean? Obviously from – Just because we're a little pressure time, so. Yeah. Obviously, um, in the Albany one region in Columbia, um, you're gonna have you know South Carolina, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God! <laughs> why does this happen? Why? Why? Why do we have to be in the same thing? If South Carolina, it's great. Um, another team to watch. This is not bias, but another team to watch <laughs> is the Auburn women's basketball team. Yeah, I We've mean, seen it firsthand in person. This team can play. 
Like I, I mean, mean, I was I was shadowing uh, <coughs> you know today, uh, Britt Bowen. Shout out to him. Uh, you know the voice of the Auburn softball and women's basketball teams. But um, you know, yeah, this is a team that on the right night. I mean, I really truly do think they can beat anybody. You know, yeah, they, um, they have it. I mean, you saw that say, LSU. Yeah one, yeah, one thing that impressed me today was uh, um, not you know because. Obviously, it wasn't a high-scoring game at all. Our defense was locked down. But what impressed me was we made shots when we needed to make them. Like, towards the end of that game, for example. You remember. Yeah. Uh, we were, like, literally two and a half minutes left to go, up by, like, ten. You know, so the game's not out of it yet. We still need to have a couple of <clears throat> possessions. Literally three straight possessions. We milked the clock all the way down to about five seconds to go and then scored a bucket. Like yeah. each time scored a tough contested bucket that ultimately put the game away. I mean, that's something that, you know, not a lot of teams can do. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, the Auburn women's basketball team is as of now, they're 17 and 10 and Thursday night, they will be playing Mississippi state at Auburn arena for the final, final game of a yeah. home game of the regular season. And, uh, you know, if they win that, I mean, yeah, oh, we're going I, dancing. I think we're dancing. That, a lock. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're dancing. If that happens, like yeah. we're, so, we're grittying to, we're, okay. we're grittying to Blacksburg. Okay. That's where we're going. But, um, Charlie no, cream, yeah. put us in, put us in. But I had to right say now. one team though, to watch, I mean, in this entire thing, um, South <laughs> I'm kidding those. Uh, I mean, that's the obvious one, but I'm saying like a not obvious one. Um, USC maybe. USC is good. I, I want Juju Watkins is a star. I mean, like she scored what fifty one in the game. Yeah, yeah. more like Juju Smith Schuster. You know, I'm like <laughs> okay. Um, but I feel like I genuinely feel like uh, what's it called? Uh, UConn at three is dangerous. You know, like UConn. Obviously, they haven't been what they once were when they had that long winning streak, but um. They're still a team that, like, you know, they can play Paige Beckers, you know. Uh, yeah. I hate to say it, but LSU at number four, I mean. And yeah, I'm sorry, but they are. Yeah, no, they're, they're that, Final Four. Teams. Yeah, exactly. They're a good team. And I mean, who's, who's four, that Auburn girl? She she scored 66 points. Uh, who? Did huh? you see that? Who did? Um, somebody tweeted on Twitter and they said, who's that Auburn girl? She scored 66 points. Oh, are you talking about, uh, honesty, Scott Grayson? No, they like, um, they thought that Auburn was a person. Oh. When they were watching the game, they thought it was a person. And they like said, who's that Auburn girl? Man, that's, that's Twitter, bro. I was like, what the, I was like, y'all, y'all do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, but if I had to call it right now, I mean... You'll hear it in my next segment, which is coming up right after this. But uh, I think Iowa can honestly go all the way. Yep. You know? Yeah. But, you know, uh, someone else that can go all the way. <laughs> Don't um, say that. Bro, no. I do think – I honestly, like, no – like, not, I'm not trying to be biased, but I do think that if this team plays good, like, if, if the Auburn women's basketball team played good on any given night, like, if they play really good, they could make it to the Sweet 16. Hey, this, this is what I'll say, you know, to cap it off. Uh, for Auburn women's <laughs> basketball, uh, they broke 
the uh, I don't know if y'all saw this. I mean, Miri Reese saw it because it was shown at the game, but broke the all time uh, attendance record in the season uh, for the university. Um, you know, and it's not even, there's still one more game to go, you know. So, uh, that being said, Auburn, I'm, I'm got, I got to be honest with you, Reese. They're not the favorite to win at all this year. Like, obviously, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and there's a chance that they don't. But what I will say is uh, something that, you know, Britt Bowen said in his post-game interview with Coach Harris. When asking about the attendance record, he said, quote, um, you know, coming coming here, what was it, two, three years ago? Um, yes. She, uh, she said, if uh, if I build it, they'll come. And they have come now. And so um, now the thing is, okay, she's built it. People are, you know, coming to see it. People have hopes for this team. Now what's she going to do with it? You already yeah. see next year bringing in some promising prospects. Yeah. Day, uh, I think know. it's Jakea Jakea Howard. I think is her name. Yeah, Jakea Howard. I mean, some very promising. Soraya Daniels. Coach Harris is building something. You know, Auburn University. Watch out. That's all. I yeah, and then like just also one more thing, just like you know, just to like the fans that decide to show up. You know, I mean, like means the world because like I've been a fan since. Ooh, I've been a fan for like seven years now. Um, you know, at first it was just like, oh yeah, just go to the games for fun. But then it's turned into like a relationship with these players, you know, with coaches and everything. Just like it's a special bond and it's been incredible this season. This is like one of the best seasons uh, we've ever had. And, you know, I'm really going to miss some of the people like, you know, Honesty's leaving after this year. Jemiah's leaving. Taylor's leaving. Carson's leaving, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride with all these, uh, all these amazing people in the Auburn women's basketball organization. And, you know, can't wait for next year. Uh, what great things will come in this, uh, in this team. You know, I think there's a chance next year we could make it deeper in the tournament if we make it this year. I mean, can't wait, can't wait to see what the rest of the season has in store. I mean, this is what's, we talked about it kind of on our last episode. This is what's great about sports, you know, um, you, we, if y'all listen to Play Callers episode that's coming out tomorrow, we kind of talked about it at the end of the show. Kind of got a little bit emotional, but kind of in a jokey, funny way. Because um, the special guest we had on is a jokey, funny guy. Um, you know, we've been connected to Auburn high school sports uh, this year through, you know, AHS Mass Media, what we're doing this uh, for and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it's special to me because I'm, you know, a senior, uh, heading out, you know, in a couple months now, but, um, yeah, it's getting yeah, close you, to three months. Yeah, exactly. You get close to a team and you never want to leave, you know, and then all of a sudden it's over, but took a little bit of an emotional turn there, but, uh, Reese, is there anything else in the rundown of the weekend? Nope. That was like the longest weekend rundown we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was good though. We hit a lot of, we covered a lot of stuff, you know, you got yeah. Uh, dumb J Will takes, and you got bracketology, right, and you got now we're, Cam Newton now boxing. We're, yeah, exactly. And Cam Newton becoming uh, prime Conor McGregor. Who is this week's MMVP? Now yep. we're gonna move on to uh, my segment, which is gonna be MMVP today, and I've already kind of mentioned it, <laughs> but uh, Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark is great. Okay. 
uh, prior to what some other people will say. This woman is, in my opinion, at least top 10 uh, in women's basketball college of all time. I'm not saying she's top. I will, I will stand by that. She's not the best college women's basketball player of all time. You know, uh, in order for you to be the top best, I do think that um, you either need to win a championship or you need to basically double that score record, you know, to be the top, to be the best. You know what I'm saying, Reese? Um, yeah. You know, but she's still great. She's going to go down. I was one of the greats. On February 15th, I was senior. Uh, Caitlin Clark scored a career high and program record 49 points uh, to not only – so. This was a game, if y'all don't remember, this was a couple weeks ago, but it was after our last episode uh, that we did, so we didn't cover it the last time uh, we had a show. But um, she only had to score six points to break uh, the record for uh, single, for not single season, excuse me, for all-time career points in women's basketball history. She only had to score six. That was the big story going in the game. Not only did she break the all-time scoring record for her career, but she also broke the program single game record of 49 points. And then as well, she broke Kelsey Plum's record for the most career points in women's NCAA history. The six foot guard scored the wrecking point breaking points on what else? A logo three pointer from 30 feet. I mean, you talk about a player that like, I don't care who you are. Like if you don't, if you don't turn on Caitlin Clark and you don't get excited to watch her play, like you just don't like sports. Like I don't, I don't, I just, I just don't know what to tell you at that point. You know, Clark has scored, also scored or assisted on seventy nine points in that one hundred and six <laughs> to eighty nine victory, the most in any game by any Division one player over the last twenty five seasons, according to ESPN stats and information. Um, and the reigning national player of the year might not be done etching her name in the record books because Clark, Caitlin Clark could break and, in my opinion, will break Pete Maravich's mark of 3,667 career points for the most points in Division One history, men or women. And she could also pass Lynette Woodreard, who holds the AIAW uh, major college record with 3,649 points, says Jess, uh, before the NCAA era. Uh, Clark also has already completed a bunch of milestones. I mean, you look at her points per game this year. Uh, she's averaging 32.1 points per game this season, and she's 51 points shy of breaking that record I just said, Pete Maravich. Uh, but for her career, just breaking down how great, yeah, that's right, Jay Will, great she is. Uh, here's what she's done. 53 30 point games. I just got I got shocked just looking at it. Including 16 in just this season. 16 30 point games in one season. Uh, and she's still not done. That's the most by a division 1 player in the past 25 <coughs> years. Also, 16 triple doubles, including 5 in just this season. That ranks second in D1 history behind who else? Sabrina Ionescu, uh who had 26. Uh, in her career, triple doubles also had that many threes in the three point contest. You know, absolutely yeah. go. Uh, but also, she has thirty point games. Cool. She also has twelve forty point games, including four 
in just this season. And that is the most by any D1 player in over the past 25 years. Here's the thing. I'll be, I'm going to keep it, uh, you know, real with you, Reese. Before this year, I did not follow women's college basketball, like, nearly at all. I'll be, I'll be quite honest, you know, or not even before this year. Let me, let me rephrase that. Like, two years ago, I didn't really follow it. I followed Auburn a little bit, but I didn't really follow it at all. I'll just be quite honest with you. Because um, I'll also be honest with you, men's college basketball, to me, was more entertaining. You know, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed seeing it more. I wanted to see people dunk. But then I watched players like Caitlin Clark, you know. I watched players like, I hate to, you know, say it because you don't like her, but Angel Reese, you know. I saw these players that are doing things that no other women's college basketball player have done uh, in a while, at least. And it's just so entertaining to watch. I mean, Caitlin Clark shooting logo threes is one of the most exciting things to watch, at least right now, you know, in the sports world. So, yes, she is great. It's not a debate. Um, she will break Pete Maravich's record yes. uh, for all-time points, and that is something that is truly great. I mean, I guess j Will can say Pete Maravich isn't great then, I guess, if he wants to. Uh, but no, Caitlin Clark is great. She is one of the greatest college athletes of all time. And I do think that she will prove j Will wrong, not only by beating Pete Maravich's record, but by also winning a championship. Reese, what do you think about Caitlin Clark and her breaking the scoring record? Uh, I think I think it's great, and, you know, it's great for the women's sport. And like you said, I do think she'll break that record. Uh, but, you know, obviously – She's going to be a lock for number one. Like, I mean, there's no doubt. Oh, it's 100%. Like, yeah. It's like there's no doubt she'll be, she won't be number one. Because, like, you know, also, that would be funny just to think, like, Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, and then Angel Reese on the same team in the WNBA. That'd be unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, here, well, that- here's the thing, also. Not only has she done this, you know, this amazing scoring feat, but – like I said, she has brought more eyes than anybody I can remember in recent history to any sport. Uh, nobody has done that more than Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, in my opinion. Like, you you were seeing – my moment for me was middle of last season. Uh, I started seeing clips, and they would they were saying on ESPN, it was saying Caitlin Clark hits uh, half-court three. And I saw it once. I was like, okay, cool, half-court three, you know. Awesome. Half a blue once every blue moon, uh somebody does that. Pretty cool. Um, but I'm not gonna watch a whole nother sport for it. Then I kept seeing it. I saw it twice a week. I saw it uh three times a week. I saw it eight times a month. It just kept increasing. And I was like, Okay, who is this? And then I watched her in the NCAA tournament absolutely ball out. Like, uh that impact is just bigger than anything else, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, when you can be a polarizing figure for your sport and bring more eyes to it, uh, yeah, that's just a whole other thing. But um, yeah, we kind of got to go a little bit quicker here, trying to get our boy Caden Harvey onto the show. Um, you know, but what I have to say is, Jay will respectfully shut your mouth. Caitlin Clark 
What is, a Nate Thayer, no. Is, is, a, is a great player. Uh, I don't care what you said. Maybe you're upset that, uh, you know, your basketball days are over and she's just entering her prime. Uh, but stop being salty. Be a good analyst and do your job. Uh, that's it for MMVP. Now let's go ahead and get into top 10. And uh, we were discussing beforehand doing MLB, but is it cool with you if we save that till a future episode and just focus on college basketball today? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, sorry, we're just very pressed for time. It's kind of been a weird day. Uh, we didn't know until beforehand. We'll go ahead and keep it tall with you, uh, fans. Uh, we didn't know until like an hour ago that Taylor wasn't going to be on the show. So, uh, yeah. But let's go ahead and get into it with top 10. Who's first, who's last, and who's in between? This is top 10. All right. You know, we've done, I guess this is like, what, the fifth college basketball top 10 that we've done? Yeah, yeah, we've done a lot. So, yeah, also so. be sure. Uh, sorry, but another shameless plug. You know, I have to. Uh, be sure you can catch these top tens on our top ten graphic, which will be posted either Monday. No, it'll be posted Tuesday after the show. Um, yeah, you can catch them on our Instagram at the Tigers Den official. No caps, no spaces, no punctuation marks, all lowercase. Uh, yeah, be sure you hit that up. We'll be posting top 10 graphics as well as hot takes. Just had to throw that in there. All right, Reese, go ahead and take it away. All right. Number 10, I have Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Illini. Number yeah. nine. Number nine might seem a little biased, though. Wait. Okay, what's number nine? Auburn. Oh, wait. Auburn. God, Okay. Why, um, why Auburn? Because, you know... We blew out Georgia, and you know Georgia has had good crowds this season too, and like they have, a, they have a very tough environment to play in. And Georgia is possibly, you know, a few more wins, and they might be in the tournament. Like, yeah, you never know. So that that's a good win. It was our only game this week, though. Hey, them Tigers got <coughs> a tough one coming up this week. So yep. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee might lose by yep. four points, but okay. Um, and then number eight is Kansas. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Jayhawks, you know. Number number seven, I got North Carolina. Hey, we agree. There we go. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, Me too. You can hear my voice? Yeah. So. You turn you on? Sound like a squeaker toy. But anyways, keep going. Um, and then number six, I got Iowa State, the Cyclones. They've been having a good year. And then after UConn lost, I got to put them at number five now. Nobody okay. get nobody get blown out that bad. Wait, um, you said UConn at five? Yeah, because they got blown out. <laughs> okay. And because, and because Dan Hurley missed a freaking half court shot. Okay. You know what? I'll let I'll let you I'll let you vibe out. Vibe out my dog. All right. And then number four, I got Tennessee. Okay. And then number three, I got Arizona. Wow, Arizona at three. Okay. Okay, no bad. Uh, number two, number two, I got Houston. Okay. And then obvious number one choice, Purdue. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Grand Canyon, but I was. I was I, gonna be like Taylor. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, pretty good top ten list. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and have to say the you know 
the accurate one. But oh. uh, starting off number 10, I got Duke. Um, you know, yes, they lost to Wake Forest. Yes, it's a tough loss. Will they ever win on the road again? I do not know. That's but, why I didn't put them in there. But here's the thing. Are they are they one of the top ten most talented teams in the country? Absolutely. They're probably top five. Um, they're Duke. Uh, are they, you know, well coached? I do think so. John Shire, I believe, is a good coach. Um, do their players get injured after they get stormed on the court? Yes, they do. But I do feel like once they hit the tournament, this Duke team is going to cook. So give me them at 10. Number nine, I'm going to have to go with Iowa State. Uh, you had them a little bit higher, uh, kind of, you know, caught me off guard. They did lose to Houston, uh, you know, last weekend, but or in the middle of this week. Um, but, and it was at Houston, so it was close loss. But I just don't know. This Iowa State team, they're good. You know, they have a great defense, stuff like that. But I just don't know about their consistency. That's my one question. You know, uh, the Cyclones – I just don't know what's going to happen uh, when, oh, shoot, uh, we're not able to hit threes and we need to start playing small ball. You know, I don't. I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, Keyshawn Gilbert is a dog, uh, their point guard. I saw him play at UNLV last year. Uh, he's a dog, but we'll see. We'll see with the Cyclones. I got him at nine. Number eight, I got Arizona. You had him at three, uh, which, I mean, you know, uh, your choice, I guess, but. Uh, you know, Caleb Love, <clears throat> I'm going to say this, and some people, a lot of people disagree with me, um, but I don't think Caleb Love is a great team player. No. What I mean by that, yeah, what I mean by that is, um, Caleb Love, yes, he's scoring 19.4 a game. Absolutely insane, you know. Is he the best player on this Arizona team? Absolutely. Is he a top 20 player in the country? I think so. Uh, but does he make his team better? I actually don't know. Because let's look, let's look at Caleb Love's uh, stat line real quick. So 19.4 points a game. Everybody knows that. You know, uh, absolutely spectacular. Uh, how many assists per game? 2.7 assists per game as the point guard. So, um, well, shooting guard. I'm your young better. So yeah, shoot, shooting guard, two point seven points a game. Let's look at uh, let's look at field goal percentage. Okay, uh, field goal percentage. You know he scores a lot, but does he make them consistently? Uh, mm-hmm. He's shooting forty three point four percent, which actually is not is better than I thought it would be. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, he's has has improved that, but he's also shooting thirty five point eight from three. Um, you know. I just don't know. I watch I watch Caleb Love play, and I think of that guy who, when you play pickup with him, he never wants to pass the ball. And I can relate to it because that guy is me. Uh, I never want to pass the ball. All I want to do is score because uh, I'm like that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Caleb, I, I just don't know. Because uh, like I said, what's going to happen when, oh, shoot, Caleb Love is missing all the shots, and now we got to rely on Buzelis two cellists or whatever, you know, their other players' names are that they got from Austria, you know, Lori Markinen or something like that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, give me Arizona eight. Uh, number seven, I got North Carolina. Uh, you didn't even have North Carolina. Wait, no, you did. We This is the one we agreed on. Yeah, North Carolina's good. I mean, you know, what else is there to say? 
They're good. They're experienced. I think they'll make a deep run. I I don't see them. There's I don't see a way where they don't make it at least to the Sweet 16. But you never know. It's March. Um, now, is their ceiling as high as people hope or North Carolina fans would think? I don't know. I actually think this is one of the years where uh, their floor is very high, but their ceiling is like, you know, because we've seen this story over and over again. R.J. Davis has been there forever. Armando Baycott has been there since sliced bread was invented. Like, uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get over that hump because this is this is honestly the last year you're going to do it because uh, R.J. Davis is gone. Armando Baycott's gone. We'll just see. Number six, I got Kansas. Uh, Kansas, yeah, they're good as well. Uh, you'll notice something. Uh, three of my first five have been Blue Bloods. Now, here's the thing. None of them are in my top five. That's what's different about this year. Number five, I got Marquette. Um, Marquette is a team that uh, – did you even have Marquette in your top ten? No. Okay. So, this is a team that just has floated under the radar. Like, do we not do we not remember uh, when this team uh, beat Illinois, when they beat Kansas within the span of one week? Uh, they beat the breaks off Texas. Uh, they beat, let's see their losses, okay? They lost to Purdue by three. Okay, they lost to Purdue by three. They lost to Wisconsin, who hasn't been great recently. Um, you know, they lost to Seton Hall by three. Lost to Butler by single digits. Uh, and then got blown out by UConn. Market, I think they're similar to Kansas. I mean, very high floor, but I don't know if they're going to be able to I don't know if they're going to be able to make a run to the Final Four. I just don't know yet. Um, but, yeah. Number four, I got Tennessee. Uh, I feel like the Volunteers. Dalton Connect is basically Diet Luca, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Volunteers are really good. Uh, give me them at four. Number three, I got Houston. I think this uh, game against Baylor really showed that they're legit, that they can play – they can play with the big dogs. They can play. They can be at the big boys' table. I do see them. I think right now I see them at least making it to the Elite Eight. Uh, this is a Houston team that can run all over the floor. Very good team. Uh, number two, I got UConn. You dropped in the fifth after they lost at uh, Creighton, got blown out, which is fair. But uh, UConn came back the next couple of days and they blew out Villanova. 78-54. They also, let's not forget, literally last weekend, they beat Marquette 81-53. to You know? Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> UConn's still really good team. I think they're one of the top teams. I think Houston, UConn, and Purdue have kind of separated themselves in their own bubble from every other team. Um, so, yeah, give me them at two. Number one, I got Purdue. I do think Purdue... Uh, when they when Zach Eadie's able to get the ball, which is mostly all the time, um, I do think Purdue is by far the best team in the country, hundred uh, percent. I mean, you know, you got a giant like that. I do think he's gonna win the winning award again. Um, but yeah, so Purdue at one, and now let's get ready for prize picks. We're gonna get our boy Caden Harvey who uh, I'll introduce him after this uh, quick intro 
for this segment. But let's go ahead and get him to join this call. Let's do this thing, baby. Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's Prize Picks. That's right. You heard the intro. It's time for the last segment of the day. And in my opinion, the best segment of the day. It's Prize Picks. Uh, we've been doing this since the show began. We're 17 episodes in. And this is the one segment that we do every episode. Uh, and we actually have a very special guest on for today's show. He currently works with uh, SEC Network, and you'll actually see him at some of the university games uh, holding the camera. Uh, you know, whenever you see yourself on the Jumbotron, he's the guy that's responsible for it. It's Caden Harvey, one of my mentors uh, in high school who got me into this thing. Caden, how are you doing on this fine Sunday night? Doing great, Max. That was a great introduction, not going to lie to you. Thank you, man. Really hey, hyped, really I, hyped me I, up. <laughs> I, I learned from the best. I learned from the best, man. But uh, – now, uh, our special guest standings for this week. Oh, um, God. We've so far, what did you say, Reese? I said, oh, God, hopefully nobody's like two and four again. Well, here's the thing. So we've had four uh, guest pickers on the show. Caden, one of them you uh, know. Um, so far, starting from the lowest to the highest, Connor Davis still sitting at the lowest one, four, and one. Uh, that time we had the soccer game. Ugh. Never again. Uh, then Aiden Treadwell, he's two and four. He went two and four. Also, our buddy Grayson Stokes, who came on on last minute, he went two and four. And then our last special guest picker on last week's show, uh, Patrick Bingham. Uh, he went. I told y'all he knew sports coming into it. He's fought, he went five and one. You know, so Caden, that's a that's a tough bar to beat, but I think you can do it. We'll see. Um, but in terms of me, Reese, and Taylor, and Already, as y'all know, Taylor could not be on the show today. Uh, wasn't feeling well. Uh, I'll actually <laughs> say his picks as we do it. Um, but Taylor had the best again uh, last time around. He went five and one. Uh, Reese, you actually did better than me. You went four and two. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, well, we're still tied in records, buddy. So don't ah. get too I'm three and three. We actually have Taylor running away with it again. He is all time. Uh, 68, 51, and 1. Uh, and then me and you, Reese, are tied at second, I guess you'd say. 65, 54, and 1. But now Newton could have punched him. <laughs> well, now we'll go ahead and get into uh, our six games of the day. And we actually have a pretty diverse one today. Uh, we have three different sports uh, in today's list. And we'll go ahead and get started with our first one. We're actually going to go to college softball. Uh, oh. Coming up on... I think Wednesday is uh, number nine Clemson, who's eleven and two to start the year. They're going on the road to face the Dogs. Number three Georgia Bulldogs, who are uh, twelve and one on the year to start off. Uh, very good, you know. As always, um, we've already discussed it on the show. I'm kind of a college softball fanatic. I've been following uh, the university team. My family has been season ticket holders since 2012 for the Auburn University team. Uh, I know how good Georgia is, and this game will be on Wednesday this week, upcoming at 4 p.m. on SEC Network Plus, uh, number nine Clemson at number three Georgia, top ten matchup. This is going to be a great game. I'm going to try and catch it after school. Um, I got to go with uh, Georgia. I know how good Clemson is, Auburn University, last year. If you know, you know we've lost to them in the regional at Clemson uh, the last two years. 
Um, and it's been tough. I don't really like Clemson, to be honest with you. I might actually, in softball, I like them less than the dogs. And give me Georgia. Georgia's very good. They brought in some transfers that are, you know, some home run hitters. I feel like Georgia always leads the SEC in home runs. Uh, so give me the dogs. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's still, a, it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to say eight to six, Georgia wins by two runs. Caden, who you got winning this one? I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think Georgia's going to win this game. <clears throat> They played earlier this year against Virginia Tech, which is a team that Auburn also played. Auburn went to extra innings with them and also tied the other game, so 0-1 against them. Virginia Tech uh, beat Georgia once and then lost Georgia once. I think Georgia's going to win this game, and I think this is going to be a good pitching outing. It's going to be midweek, so they can pitch whoever they want to. And, yeah, so I think Georgia's going to win this game 3-0. 3-0. All right. Reese, who you got? All right. I'm going to go with Georgia as well. They've been like – I think they've beaten so many top 25 teams this year already. They're – honestly, in my opinion, they're a sleeper team to make the College World Series for real. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think I could see them going to OKC uh, this year for sure. Yeah. I say they win this game. I'm going to say uh, it's a hitting battle. I'm going to say 10 to 7. Yeah. I just remember uh, – I think a difference in this game will be that Clemson doesn't have they that pitcher that they had the last two seasons. Uh, I, for, I forget her name, but, yeah, really good pitcher. Um, but, yeah, that game will be at 4 p.m. on Wednesday on SEC Network Plus. You can catch that game. Should be great. Next up on our list, we got uh, number two, Ohio State, who's 24-3 and and 15-1 and in the Big Ten, and they're going on the road to face number four, Iowa Who's twenty four and four and thirteen and three in the Big Ten? That's right in women's basketball. I cannot wait for this game. This is going to be such a great game. I mean, we've already talked about Caitlin Clark, you know, breaking the scoring record, uh, talking about her all all on today's show. But uh, she has to go up against an Ohio State team that has just burst onto the scene. I mean, nobody expected them to be bad coming into this season, but nobody expected them to be a number one seed. Uh, you know, towards the end of the year, or at least projected to be. Um, but this game will be at, on Sunday, next Sunday, at 12 p.m. on Fox. Um, yeah, this is going to be packed house in Hawkeye Arena. I mean, <laughs> Caitlin Clark's known for selling out crowds. This is a game that it would sell out even without Caitlin Clark, honestly. Uh, this is such a huge game, so many implications. And I already said it earlier in today's show, Iowa right now is my favorite to win it all. Uh, and I'm going to go with them winning at home against the Buckeyes. I think the Buckeyes are a deeper team than Iowa is. I think they can play, you know, more players. And if Caitlin Clark's off, I mean, Iowa's usually off. But I feel like at home, I feel like the Hawkeyes will win it. I know they, they're also coming off a blowout loss to Indiana, uh, which is very surprising. Indiana is a good team, though. I think they'll be in, like, the four or five seed area entering the tournament. But – um, giving the Hawkeyes to bounce back in a big way, beating the number two Ohio State Buckeyes. Caden, who you got? I agree with you on that one. I think I was going to win. Caitlin Clark is sitting around 50 points away from the all-time scoring record. Yeah, and, we discussed it earlier, yeah. And mm -hmm. so that is something that we could see. I know Caitlin's really good. I'm not sure she's getting 50, but I wouldn't put it past her. I think she's gonna win the, they're going to win the game overall. Just through her scoring ability and assist ability, either way. Hundred percent. Reese, you got. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Iowa because uh, 
I don't know if you remember, but when Kalen Clark got knocked down that one time when the fans stormed the court, that was Ohio State. Oh, yeah. There's some, bad, there's some bad blood between these two teams, and I think Iowa's going to win, and Kalen Clark will score 50. Oh, wow. To break the record. And I mean, Iowa, Iowa will win 86-71. to 71. I mean, she she already yeah she already put up forty nine in the game this year. Uh, that would definitely help for them to win this game against the soaring Buckeyes. Uh, by the way, that game once again is at twelve p.m. this upcoming Sunday. Don't miss it on Fox. And also Taylor's pick for the last one. He picked Georgia. He thinks they'll beat the Clemson Tigers. And for this one, he's also going to go with Iowa. And I forgot to say my score prediction. I'm gonna say that Iowa wins this one. I do think it's going to be close. I'm going to say, like, 83 to, like, 77. Um, I also forgot my score prediction. I'm going to throw mine in yes. real quick. Uh, they're going to score 90 points. And 90. I think Ohio State's only getting about 75. In. Oh, geez. Yeah, that would – I mean, that would be a statement, especially for Iowa in a packed Big Ten, in a packed women's college basketball landscape. Don't miss that one on Sunday. But now we're going to go to some college. We're going to stay in the college realm. This time we're going to go to baseball. This upcoming Friday, a very intriguing matchup. It's not on a very uh, intriguing streaming platform, however. Uh, but number 16, Texas, who's 6-1 and one to start the season, they're going on the road to Baton Rouge to face the LSU Tigers, who are number three right now, and 7-1 and <laughs> one to start off the season. Um, this is a game that, you know, LSU, I mean, last year coming off a year where they won the World Series, obviously you don't have Paul Skeens anymore. Um, but you do have a lot of returning pieces, and I mean they're they're always going to have the power. I mean they're LSU, um, so I'm going to have to say LSU at home in this one. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on Friday. Hold up, uh, give me a second. Uh, loading, loading, loading. Yes, it is on Friday uh, on the Longhorn Network, which is kind of upsetting for me. Because uh, I'm pretty sure you need like a subscription or something for that. Might got to get it though for this one. This is going to be a great one on Friday, and this game will be at um, seven seven p.m. The Astros Foundation Classic. Uh, so I actually think it might be in Houston. Um, but give me LSU. Uh, enough of this side talk. Uh, LSU's gonna make another run to Omaha, and I think it starts on Friday when they beat the Longhorns, and I don't think it'll be close, honestly. I think LSU uh, will win 11-2, to two, and it'll be uh, it'll be in five innings. So, um, or, or not in five innings. I'm sorry. I'm thinking softball. Uh, it'll be 11-2 uh, by the end of nine. Caden, uh, who you got? Okay, so LSU and Texas both have some interesting losses this year. Texas lost one in 11, inning, 11 innings to San Diego, while LSU dropped one in nine innings to Stony Brook. So yeah. that's their only losses on the season. It's It's been interesting. Both teams are going to be pitching their aces as they've got long weekends in front of them in Houston, playing a minute made. I think LSU is still going to edge out, though. I don't think it's going to be as much of a blow as you think. I'm going to give LSU a 7-4 to four victory. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh... I'm gonna go with Texas. Actually, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go some more different here. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Texas wins uh, eight to five in nine innings. Okay. Well, that one is 
on Friday on uh, at 7 p.m. on the Longhorn Network. Um, be sure you don't miss it. That one's going to be great. And then in the NBA, we actually have two on the list for this week uh, for the NBA. And we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, in-city rivalry uh, between the Lakers and the Clippers on Wednesday. The Lakers coming in this game are 31 and 28, and but they're only 11 and 19 when playing away, while the Clippers are 37 and 18 and 20 and 6 when playing at home. Obviously, this one isn't really a home or away game because they play at the same home arena. But um, you know, this is a game that I'm looking forward to. I think it'll be good. Right now, ESPN predicts that the Clippers will win 68.7%. Um, there's no betting lines for this game, not that I can find right now. Uh, one thing to watch though for this game, uh, not even to watch, it's determined that he's not going to play. Paul George is going to be out, uh, for this game. You know, even though their estimated return date, this is interesting. His estimated return date is February 28th, which is the day of the game this Wednesday. So that'll be something to watch PG 13, uh, out for the game. Uh, and then on the Lakers side, Colin Castleton, Cam Reddish, and Christian Wood. I mean, you know, that's not really – Cam Reddish might be returning after he's been out for a while because it says that he's been graded today-to-day, uh, upgraded today-to-day, and his return date is February 28th. But I'm not going to lie. I've kind of been picking the favorite to win every game uh, so far on our prize picks, but I'm not going to lie. I had to go with it again. Uh, the Clippers have been on a tear recently since making that trade for James Harden uh they have boosted their chances for making the playoffs and honestly you know whenever those three are healthy I really can't go against them I'm not gonna lie and you got Russell Westbrook yes obviously they're all basically past their prime except for maybe Kawhi and maybe Paul George on the right night but uh give me the Clippers to beat the Lakers at home uh even without Paul George I think they're better than the Lakers and so I think the Clippers are gonna win and I think it's gonna be 116 to 111. Interesting picks there. Okay, so I believe I originally was going to pick the Clippers. I don't want to follow Max all night, though, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go Lakers. The Lakers do have some injuries, but a Paul George injury means more than a Cam Reddish. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I believe that when they're playing in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is the Lakers town, although they share the arena. It's not really ever a Clippers home game if they're both playing there. Even yeah, I've never, never seen a Clippers fan. I've never seen a Clippers fan in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. I'm going to give the edge to the Lakers here. I think LeBron's going to have a good game. And, I mean, obviously. And so, yeah, I'll give the Lakers winning 122 to 112. I'm going with the Lakers. LeBron... Will have my kids. Okay, bro. And the Lakers are going to win. I'm going to say 110 to like 95. Dang. All right. Low scoring uh, from Reese there. Um, But 9 p.m. on ESPN. Don't miss that game. That one will be very fun to watch. Thank you, LeBron. And then next, we got another NBA game. Uh, my voice is going by the second, so we're going to try and get through this. We got two more on the list. Uh, this one is actually – I want to do this because this is actually a, a rematch of last year's finals matchup. That's right. It's the Heat at the Nuggets. 
Uh, the Miami Heat coming into this game are 31 and 25 and 16 and 12 when playing away, while the Denver Nuggets are 39 and 19 and 22 and five at home. Look at all Denver. Uh, this game is at 9 p.m. on TNT. According to ESPN Analytics, they think that the Denver Nuggets will win 65.6%. Looking at injuries, uh, the Heat got a bunch. Uh, Tyler Hero, starting out with him, uh, he's day-to-day, so he possibly could return. He's most likely going to return. His estimated return date is February 26th, so tomorrow. This game's on Thursday. He most likely will be there, same as Terry Rozier. But by the off chance that they're not there, I mean, they're not. It's not going to do anything to help the Heat chances. While the Nuggets' only injured player is Hunter Tyson, uh, I don't. I don't even know uh, who that is. The only Tyson I know is the Chicken Nuggets, but um, he's expected to return also on Wednesday. He's the founder. Um, <laughs> but let me go with. Uh, gosh, I've been I've been going with you know the predicted team to win every time, but I'm going to go with the Nuggets here. Honestly, I think that Denver. That whole marina playing at that uh, height, you know, it's always been a problem. It's been very well documented that, you know, players literally run out of breath faster when they're playing in ball arena. Uh, so give me the Nuggets at home beating the Heat. I'm going to say this one is actually going to be lower scoring, I think. I think it will be 101 to, like, 92. Okay, I'm going to preface my pick real quick with the fact that I am a diehard yeah, Miami I, Heat fan. I remember that, yeah. Diehard Miami Heat fan. Injuries are going to hurt us. We're also in the middle of a West Coast road swing that started with the Pelicans. Got the Kings and Trailblazers <laughs> the next two days, as well as the Nuggets on Thursday. It's not looking good for the Heat to win this game, but you have me damned if you think I'm not picking the Miami Heat to win this basketball game. <laughs> I hope we beat them by 100. I hope we beat them by 1,000. My actual pick, I'll take us 106 to 102. Mm, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Nuggets because the Heat have like way too many people out. I don't know, Max. Did you say uh, Jimmy Butler was out? Was no, Michael? Jimmy Butler's good. Jimmy Butler's I thought he got suspended. He's suspended uh, for one game. Um, but they have a game. On they have it. they have two more games before they play the Nuggets. Yeah. Okay, so then they're good. Um, I do think injuries though will really hurt the Heat. And I'm going to take the Nuggets, but I'm going to take them in a close one. I'm going to say 111 to 105. Once again, that game is on 9 p.m. on uh, Thursday. Be sure to catch that one late night game. Now we're going to move to the last game, and we're all fans of a team in this matchup. You know, and this is one that if we win, I mean, it would make my make my week, honestly. It's Auburn at Tennessee College Basketball. Um yeah, I mean, I really don't have to explain how huge this game is for both these teams. But Auburn is 14th in the country coming in this game. Obviously, AB polls going to come out in coming days before this game. But right now, it stands at Auburn being ranked 14th, Tennessee 5th. Uh, both these teams are 21-6. and six. Tennessee is one game ahead of Auburn in the SEC standings, 11-3, <laughs> while Auburn is 10-4 and four in the SEC. Right now, Tennessee is favored. Uh, to win this game, according to ESPN, 67.4%. Uh, this game will be played in Knoxville. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if Auburn Auburn wants to make a statement, this is how you do it. I mean, you beat uh, – you have to beat the man to be the man. You got to beat the volunteers at uh, – in Knoxville. Uh, Dalton Connect, I mean, he's a star. He's going to be a star in the NBA. Uh, Auburn's going to have to stop him. But like you said for the Heat, 
you'll be damned uh, if I don't pick the Auburn Tigers in one of their biggest games, if not their biggest game of the year so far. Uh, give me the Tigers on the road. Uh, I think Jani Broom will have a field day. I think uh, CBM, AKA, a.k.a. Chad Maker Mazzara, needs to start again because after what I saw uh, against Georgia, I think that man might be one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer on our team. I think Aiden Holloway is starting to get back on his footing after he had a little stretch there where he was playing terrible. Like, let's just be honest. But I think he'll hit a couple threes. Uh, yeah, I think everybody will play a good game, we'll band together, and we'll win this game, I'll say, 85 to 78. Let's go, Tigers. All right, so I'm going to jump in. This game is huge for the SEC regular regular season champion race. Whoever wins this game really has the best chance of making it. So Alabama still has to play Kentucky and Tennessee again. Yeah. So Auburn winning this game would be huge for them to have a chance at getting at least a share. But on top of that, we also don't know what Jalen Williams is going to be up to. We don't know if he'll – he's hurt. We don't know if he'll ever be able to come back or be able to come back in the regular season at least. So for, from what I've heard – just quickly stepping in. From what I've heard from Jalen Williams is that uh, they're going to re recheck, like reevaluate next weekend, so next Saturday. So he is not going to be at this game 100%. So. And honestly, I love Jalen Williams, but the way that the rotations worked last – not last – oh, it was last night – Yesterday for the Auburn game at Georgia was incredible. The switch up in the starting lineup really ignited this team. Having Chad Baker Mazzara and Chaney Johnson starting, Chris Moore needed to come off the bench. It's just needed to be said. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. But yeah, I think that Tennessee is a great team. Tennessee is really good. They've got the home court advantage. But if Auburn can get in that rhythm with Aiden Holloway making shots, Chad Baker Mazzara taking over when he needs to, as well as Jedi Broom, this game is going to be hard to win for Tennessee despite being at home. I like Auburn. I'm going to give Auburn a 82-71 to victory. Well, you know, I don't want to be too biased here. But, you know, um, I do think it would be close because that Tennessee. I think this is going to come down to a two- to three-point game. Um. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Auburn winning, and you know I'm gonna have to say it, they're gonna win on a buzzer beater. Okay, I mean I shoot if it comes down to that, I mean I might have a heart attack. We'll see what happens, but that game is on Wednesday at 6 p.m. on ESPN two. By the way, for Taylor, like I said, he's gonna take Georgia softball. He's gonna take Iowa basketball. He's actually gonna take Texas to upset LSU. He's gonna take the Clippers, the Nuggets, and then. He's actually going to take Tennessee. Um, but that's going to do it from the Tigers Den podcast. Episode 17 is in the books. We hope you all enjoyed. Be sure to, uh, you know, keep listening to this podcast. Be sure to rate it five stars on Spotify, Apple uh, Music, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at the Tigers Den official. No caps, no spaces, no punctuation marks. But from us here at the Tigers Den and AHS Mass Media, as well as a very special thanks to our guest picker, Caden Harvey. We hope y'all enjoy your week, and we can't wait to see y'all next week. We're gone. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tigers Den podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.